This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Today is Monday, October 22nd. It's my favorite day of the week here. It is Mailbox Monday. Today on episode number 678 of the podcast, I'm going to answer three questions from listeners. One is about a woman who wants to know if it's ever wrong to have more children. Another mom is saying she is burned out and wants to quit homeschooling. And the last one, if I can get to it, is how do you engage the culture and still keep our families first in priorities? So this is going to be a jam-packed podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who is leaving reviews for this podcast over at iTunes. Uh, I would want to encourage you, leave a rating for it, leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. We are loving what God is doing, and it's awesome to see it growing. I thought I would read, I actually remembered. I thought I would read a couple of your reviews that I've been uh, that I've been reading for the past several weeks. Actually, our whole team fill, uh, reads these all the time. So when you guys re- leave a review there, uh, be assured our team is reading it. So this one came on September 28th. It says, I am so thankful to have been introduced to Heidi and Mom Strong International. Every podcast is such a blessing to my life. I send them to my husband. Woo, woo, shout out to your man uh, to listen also. Um, I love how Heidi directs everything back to the word of God. Heidi, you and your crew are such a blessing to me. Thank you for encouraging words and the time you put into this podcast and Mom Strong International. Thank you so much for that encouragement. And it encourages my husband and my kids and our on our staff. Uh, we are so grateful that you are being blessed by the ministry of the podcast and also by MomStrong International. Uh, here's another one who says, uh, this is Chase. I don't know if it's Jamie. Can I, Jamie? Is, maybe this is Jamie. But it got a uh, truth teller is what she said. It says, I started listening to Heidi St. John podcast this summer and listened to every episode. She's a truth teller in today's world of cultural, apologetic, lukewarm Christianity. If you want a shot in the arm to help you get off the bench, listen on. So thank you for that, Jamie. I really appreciate it. I'll read one more uh, today. I'm kind of trying to just scroll down and pick them randomly. So uh, I'll read this one to you. This one says, getting out of bed is easier on the days when I have encouragement waiting for me to listen to as I get ready for my day from Heidi St. John. Her podcast episodes are always interesting thought-provoking and encouraging. Uh, Her love for the Lord and for his book, The Bible, is contagious. So thank you so much for that. She always speaks the truth in love according to the truth that's found in the Bible. Thank you so much. That was from August Fam back in September. So thank you for that. And it really is a passion of mine to address the things that you guys are going through from a perspective of a woman who's walking in faith and also to just direct you back to the Word of God. So that's what we want to do today for Mailbox Monday. I'm going to try to answer three questions. I'm watching my time here, so we'll see how we do. But this one comes from Rachel. So Rachel, darling, I am answering your question today. And here it is. Heidi, is it ever wrong to want more children? I have three kids under six 
and I want more children. I always joked about having five to nine kids, so to stop down feels wrong. I always wanted a large family. My great-grandmother had 12 children, and my grandmother had eight, and my mother had four children. I hear of large families and get envious. I know my whole life would revolve around my children for quite some time, but I already make it that way. So then she went on to say they don't have a lot of money. So uh, I think that a lot of us can relate to that. And we're still working on our debt. Good for you. And she says her husband is a little bit hesitant. And so she just wants to know all I can do is pray. And so, uh, Rachel, first of all, you need there's something you need to know about me. Uh, I never talk people out of having babies. <laughs> so I always feel like if the Lord's put it on your heart and it's not on the heart of your husband, then just pray about it. Really pray about it. And, uh, you know, I think we hear a lot of, uh, I don't know, if it's pushback, what, what's the right word? There are a lot of big families are sort of mocked in the culture right now. And as you guys know, Jay and I have seven children. Our youngest is seven and our oldest is 27. So there's a 20 year span between our oldest and our youngest. And I never started out wanting a big family. In fact, I wanted three kids and my husband wanted two kids. And I'm, I'm sure I've told the story before, but a lot of you guys are new, so I'll tell it again. At the risk of repeating myself, um, I literally begged for a third child. <laughs> I told my husband, I was like, can you imagine how boring our life will be? Well, it's because I came from a family with seven kids. And I loved, for as much trouble as we had in our home, and we did have a fair amount of it, um, I am so thankful that my parents had a big family. I loved all the activity in our home. It was never boring. It was rarely quiet. <laughs> and uh, and so when when Jay and I had our third, he said, well, he really had a thing for even numbers. So he wanted to have one more baby. And so that he didn't have to talk me into that because I was like, yeah, now we'll have four kids. So we ended up with uh, two girls. We had two girls first, and then we had our two boys. And then our fifth child was really a surprise to us. I know you guys are like, what? You didn't figure that out? Nope, apparently we didn't. And our fifth was a surprise. And I, you know, I'll just be honest. I didn't want to have more than the four that we had. I was very surprised when I found out that we were pregnant with our fifth child. I was a little bit scared uh, because at that point we had decided to homeschool. And so I was already feeling really busy. And then we weren't going to fit in our car anymore because now instead of having six people, we'd have seven, which meant we had to get a van or something. And uh, and I was kind of terrified. And I remember just calling my mom on the phone and crying and just saying, I don't think I can do this, you know, big family thing. And she encouraged me and loved me. And the other thing that began to happen in my heart during that pregnancy and during that time, as I focused, I mean, really just turned, you know, pretty much 100% of my focus to learning to be a good homemaker, learning to be the wife that my husband needed me to be, learning to take care of myself, learning to walk with the Lord. It's I mean, so much of our lives, right, as mothers and as young people, as we're growing, is we're learning. And one of the things the Lord was teaching me was the preciousness of children. And I don't think I saw it that way before. And I started just really reading what God says about children. And as the pregnancy progressed, um, I became more and more just in love with this little this little fifth child that was really changing my perspective on children and the importance of them. And so uh, obviously we went, on, we went on to have seven children. We call our sixth baby our Russian souvenir because my husband was uh, away in Russia for a time uh, working and we got pregnant with her when he came back from Russia. And then a lot of people say when they found out that we were pregnant with our seventh, they assumed that we did not 
um, plan for her and that she must have been an accident or a surprise or whatever you want to call it. And the truth is she was very much prayed for because I had Sailor when I was 41. And uh, I remember very clearly, you know, going into the doctor and, you know, of course, I've had, you know, two babies or three babies at, quote, advanced maternal age. And I got to tell you, having a baby at 41, one of the best things that has ever happened to our family, that little girl is now almost eight. And she keeps us young. And uh, I mean, it's a delight. And we loved having a big family. So, um, so no, Rachel, to answer your question directly, I don't think it's wrong to want more children. Here's the thing. We, we should want what God wants. We know that God's heart is always ever only for children, but I also know that his heart would not be to divide you and your husband. And so this is something you need to pray about. And you might also consider or pray about becoming a foster parent. Oh my goodness, we need more foster parents. Uh, think about adoption. There are lots of kids in the foster care system, even here in the United States, that are waiting to be adopted. And uh, we have several friends. Our church, Radiant Church in Camas, Washington, has a huge impact in the foster care community. and working with the crisis pregnancy centers in our area. Christians should be known for our love of life at every stage, from uh, the unborn child to, uh, to, old, uh, to old people. And we should, be, we should be involved in every stage of the game. So um, God's heart is for people. He says he loves, he loves children, and we want to want what God wants. So uh, that said, you know, I don't, I don't find... Um, I'm not going to be, I'm not one of those hardcore people that says, you know, you have to do this or you're sinning. I just don't think so. I think pray, pray about it. Pray for your husband. You definitely want to have a, a happy marriage. And uh, so be praying for that. But having, having uh, kids in your forties, I wouldn't worry about that so much. <laughs> At least people always made fun of me. And I'm always like, Hey, that was the best thing that ever happened to me was having a baby in my forties. So there you go, Rachel, be encouraged. Uh, keep praying. I love that your heart is for your family. All right, this next one, uh, this listener asked to remain anonymous. So anonymous, this is for you. Heidi, I've been homeschooling my two boys from day one. They are seven and 10. And now I often wonder if I've truly been called or if I'm doing this for my own reasons. I feel this way because our days are filled with fighting, anger, frustration, tears, and mean behavior from all of us, it seems. Of course, I'm aware of my own behavior and I'm working on myself, but I can no longer stand my kids' behavior. I feel like I threaten public school daily to my eldest. He overreacts to minor issues and has anger or anxiety problems. He and I butt heads often. He's mean to his brother who is picking up bad habits and hardening his heart every day as a result. I feel guilty of ruining my children. When is it time to call it quits rather than committing to push on no matter what? All right. So sweet mom, first of all, uh, the fact that you're homeschooling really doesn't have much to do with the behavior of your children because you could put your children in school. And then it's not going to change their behavior. It's just going to make it so you don't see it for the seven or eight hours a day that they're still exhibiting that behavior. So I always tell parents, character comes before curriculum. And so if you're having character issues with with your boys who are seven and 10, and it sounds like you are, then I would encourage you to put the school books away and get out your Bible and start discipling and nurturing and loving your children uh, and correcting their behavior. And we've all seen children, I mean, goodness, for goodness sake, you know, we see it on the on college campuses, right? Every day right now, uh, grown children who are very foolish. And the Bible says that we want to seek wisdom rather than knowledge. And so you can have all kinds of knowledge and still be a fool. You can have all kinds of knowledge. And if your heart hasn't been trained in righteousness, you're going to struggle. And so I want to just encourage you to move to a place of uh, being comfortable with really 
training and disciplining your children. And honestly, I'm always telling parents this, you can't give your kids what you don't have. And I, it sounds like you're struggling with, um, with behavior in your own life. And the first thing, you know, is obviously that you've recognized. So that's awesome. Then the next thing is just say, Lord, help me. Um, get into your Bible, you know, turn the, uh, if you're not a part of Mom Strong International, can I just encourage you to do that? Um, we do a, an, a part of that devotional every single week is called Kid Strong. And so you can take what you're learning at Mom Strong International, and we're going to teach you how to teach it to your children. But God requires us to raise our children in a way that pleases him. And so the primary objective of raising our children should be that our children know and uh, believe in and love and revere and serve the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter six, verses six to seven, it says, these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. In Ephesians six, verse four, fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so according to the word of God, Parents have to shepherd the hearts of their children, so not only uh, discipline, you know, which is just to correct an outward behavior, but when you see sin begin to arise in the hearts of your children, you need to address it. And I honestly believe that if you can get a handle on that, and you can get a handle on on what's happening in the hearts of your kids, the homeschooling will begin to do better. So I hope that helps you um, stay in the word with your kids. Be encouraged. You're not the only mom to feel this way. I have had many, many seasons of my life when I could have written your email myself. And almost always the Lord is saying, come back to me, Heidi, your priorities are wrong. And then I got to go back and I realize, oh my goodness, my priorities were wrong. You know, I, I wasn't in the word every day like I should have been. I was so consumed with, you know, making sure we got their schoolwork done that we weren't reading the Bible. And pretty soon you just start to lose perspective. So I want to just encourage you away from that and back to a place of perspective. So I hope that helps you, uh, sweet anonymous mom. You are loved. And uh, I know that the Lord's going to work all things together for good. All right, I'm going to actually fit in one more question today. Uh, This question comes, like I get a lot of these uh, every week. This question comes from Christina. Hey, Christina, shout out to you. She says, hello, Heidi and team. I have been so very encouraged by your podcast for the last three years since finding it. God changed my heart towards homeschooling through your podcast, and I am forever grateful for being able to listen through countless loads of laundry and cleaning days. So Christina, thank you for listening to the podcast. It's such an encouragement for us to hear from listeners. We love to hear from you. I know a lot of you are listening going, how did she get to Heidi? Well, here's how you do it. Shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. The staff helps me kind of weed through all the emails we get and we pick the ones we think will minister to the most, to the most broad, uh, to the broadest audience. And so uh, we love that you're listening. And so here's her question. She says, how do I engage the culture and also keep my family first in my priorities and all the other 5,000 things that come with being a stay-at-home homeschooling mom? Here is where my question comes from. I am homeschooling my two children, four and six years old, and that load is pretty light currently with them being so little. However, they are with me all day long and my husband's working a lot of hours. So she goes on to say that her church has a women's ministry group that meets to encourage and bring together a a community of moms, which is great. Uh, It functions primarily to invite unchurched moms like your neighbors to bring them together and invite them in relationships, which is so awesome. And it sounds like you love it too. And she says it's been the heart of her cry since um, deciding to homeschool that she would not enclose myself only to homeschooling moms and still be a light to the world. 
However, I find myself getting frustrated at the group because I am not being spiritually fed and I feel like this should come first. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop right there because as you guys have heard me say many, many times on the podcast, this is a key component of the reason why I think our churches are so ineffective right now. We are not discipling our, our people. We want to, we want to move beyond uh, just knowing the Lord and accepting him to growing in him. And we do that through discipleship. So, uh, so if you guys are not part of MomStrong International, and you can even, you know, Christine, you could ask your church, hey, can we host a MomStrong group here? So maybe women who are already walking with the Lord and want to go deeper, uh, maybe that's one way to get those women in the word. The next thing is to uh, to engage the culture. You had said that you um, you feel like you're missing the target of engaging the culture and fulfilling a kingdom purpose because there's just not enough of you to go around. So a couple of things that come to my mind right away. First thing is don't overthink it. All right. I think um, I'm always telling this to my daughter. I think sometimes we can overthink what it is that God wants us to do. And we feel like we're supposed to be doing every little thing, but we've got little kids at home or you're in the peanut butter and jelly season of your home. And you, 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 you see a lot of need around you, but yet you're inundated with the needs of just raising your children. And so I want I always tell uh, my kids, especially as they get older and they begin to have kids of their own, we want to look for ways that we can engage the culture right where we are, to engage it in a, in a way that honors Jesus. And so do you guys remember Jesus's walk to Emmaus? You remember the story? He came alongside and he joined two people as they walked the seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. He observed their distress and their grief. Jesus, Jesus uh, was an observer of human beings. And in this particular case, he's noticing that the people are troubled. And so he asks about their conversation and then he stopped and he listened to them. He asked an open-ended follow-up question, and then he listened for the answer. And then after he listened, this is so important, uh, I'm just preaching to myself right now. After Jesus listened, then he started to talk. And as he spoke to, uh, spoke to them, he reframed the conversation. He gave a biblical worldview on the issues of the day, which is why you're going to hear me on the podcast talking about politics. It's why you're going to hear me talking about current events. Uh, that's that's what Jesus did. He re, he um, he reframed the entire conversation. He gave them a biblical worldview on the things that were happening around them, with the goal of helping them to see things from God's perspective. And as a result, the Bible records that their hearts burned within them. Their eyes were open, and eventually they recognized the truth that sets all of us free. Uh, the story goes on to say that they ran the seven miles back to Jerusalem to share the good news with others, and Jesus showed up to resolve any doubt and quote, opened their minds so they can understand. This whole story, this account is found in the book of Luke in chapter 24. Now think about this for a minute because seven miles is a long way to walk in the desert, especially if it's hot. And I wanna ask you, who are you guys walking with today? So that they, so that, and who are you uh, investing in? So that they can talk about their lives. Maybe they're struggling with confusion or grief or disappointment. You can do this with your hairdresser. You can do this with people at your church. You can uh, open the scriptures as part of our conversation. I think sometimes, you know, we we think about our relationship, and I'm not saying, uh, Christine, I'm not saying that you're doing this, but I think sometimes we we look at our relationship with the Lord as an accessory to our lives, and then we sort of make it, we live as it's an accessory. But God wants to permeate every aspect of our lives, and so ask the Lord to bring you someone into your life as you're walking along the Emmaus road of your own life. Because I think this is what mission work looks like in the United States right now, and even uh, mostly in Western civilization, 
civilization for sure. Uh, we're missionaries. And God has asked us, he's appointed us to serve as ambassadors for him, no matter what our Emmaus road looks like. Uh, Jesus entered conversations that cut across cultural barriers. He spoke with women and children and tax collectors and Roman sympathizers and Pharisees and prostitutes and fishermen and lepers and paralytics and blind beggars and, uh, and teachers of the law. And he didn't see himself as out of place in any of those places. And he didn't regard uh, any person as an issue. And in instead, uh, he told them he loved them. He pointed them to God. And that's what we want to do. We're not going to be able to engage the culture in a way that honors the Lord unless we do what Jesus did. We recognize Jesus is not, uh, our Christianity is not an accessory to our life. It is our life. And we need to understand that the life that we live uh, really isn't our own. And I, I want to encourage you, you know, ask the Lord. And this is what I started doing years ago when I realized, oh my goodness, I could easily have a homeschooling bubble or a church bubble. And I didn't want that either. And so I began to say, Lord, bring people into my life that will help me uh, keep my evangelism muscles from growing weak. Help me to be able to share your love. Help me to exercise those muscles so that I don't become ruled by fear or insecurity. And Christina, I hear this in your heart, and I just want to encourage you. Uh, the Lord knows exactly where you are, and he's going to give you exactly what you need. Sometimes you're going to face ridicule and rejection uh, for it. And uh, sometimes people are not going to want to hear about what God's doing in your life. But that's okay, because you're there to sow seeds and then leave the result of the harvest up to the Lord. So thanks for writing in, everybody. I really appreciate it. If you've got a question you would like to see addressed at Mailbox Monday, we'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. If you have not yet left a review for my new book, Prayers for the Battlefield, or if you haven't bought it yet, oh, for goodness sake, uh, go out and get it. Prayers for the Battlefield, Becoming Mom Strong, and the Becoming Mom Strong Bible Study are all available wherever books are sold. I have a brand new book coming out in the spring called Bible Promises for Moms, and uh, excited to, to bring that to you. And in the meantime, we would love it if you would uh, visit any place the books are sold online, leave a review of the books as soon as you read them. That really helps us. And also to leave ratings and reviews for this podcast. If you're interested in supporting our nonprofit organization, Firmly Planted Family, you can send a donation to us at 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 986 Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a fantastic day, and I'll see you back here with a new study from MomStrong International on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.